you for taking time to listen to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock a.m. at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. One of my first Sundays here, I talked about uh, Hamilton, the uh, Broadway hit, and I called it a musical, and Dina Sullivan uh, accosted me after worship and told me that Hamilton should be classified as an opera. Correct me if I'm wrong, here's her distinction, Brie. She said that musicals have actual dialogue in between the songs and that opera is all sung lyrics. And so she said that because uh, they uh, don't have any like spoken parts, uh, just sung parts, it, it should be considered an opera. And I love that because now I can have a favorite musical and a favorite opera. Um, so my favorite opera is Hamilton, for those of you who don't know. Uh, this week I was playing, my daughter asked if I'd ever heard of classical music before, and I was like, well, uh, I happened to play violin for 17 years, I played cello, I, like I know classical music, and so I put on the Apple uh, Classical Essentials playlist, and she got bored very quickly, uh, and so then she said, I want one with singing, uh, what's the one with singing? And so I said, opera, and so we put on the Apple Essentials opera playlist, and uh, she quickly tired of French and Italian uh, sopranos belting uh, their music out. But it, it reminded me of my love for that opera, Hamilton. And it has been on my mind uh, a lot this week. And, and I've got an earbug stuck in my, or an earworm stuck in my ear. It's from uh, early in the, in the opera. I was going to say the play, the musical. We'll just use them interchangeably. Uh, Alexander Hamilton is singing about this moment that has arised and how he's not going to throw away his shot. He is this uh, kid, this uh, orphan from down in the Caribbean who has come to America and has this vision of a future that he can write himself into. And uh, we're, we're meeting in the cast of characters that will go on to become the founding fathers. And he talks about, uh, I'm not gonna throw away my shot. I'm not gonna throw away my, throw away my shot. We're gonna take and seize this moment. And his uh, soon-to-be friend, Hercules Mulligan, interrupts him and begins to rap that this is not a moment. It's a movement. Um, that this was not a, uh, a particular uh, spate, a speck of time where this one thing is gonna change the world, but this thing that they can be a part of, this movement of uh, revolution would change the world. And, and we see this throughout uh, the rest of the opera. This desire to uh, do something transformational and change things. And some of it's for good reasons and others it's not. Uh, we can't take all of our morality from, uh, from Hamilton, but uh, this idea of being part of a movement is compelling to me. Uh, and I bet it is somewhat compelling to you. Do you want to be uh, just a speck in history or do you want to have been part of something that uh, becomes history? Something where the world has changed and is better because of it. Do you want to be part of... Uh, movement. None of you are smiling. Carla's smiling. That's not fair. She's smiling. Uh, I'm not so sure that this idea of a, mo a movement is compelling to you, is it? Y'all still aren't smiling. There's some four smiles up front that y'all can't see. 
Uh, but I think you're a little scared that I'm going to try to rope you into something. Friends, if you have shown up to United Methodist Church today, you are part of a movement. Um, you are part of a place uh, that has had a movement going on for centuries. You might not know the name of that movement. You might not, uh, even as you hear it, resonate with that name. But you are part of the holiness movement. You are part of uh, the great uh, Methodist holiness tradition. This thing that started with Wesley uh, took over uh, Protestantism throughout the 1800s and, and uh, became the very force of kind of Christian uh, life in America. This is what led the, horse, the circuit riders to hit every county in this country at one point, having a Methodist church in it uh, where the gospel was proclaimed and beyond that, holiness was proclaimed. We have uh, a distinct movement that believes that God's grace is not done when we are saved. We don't believe that uh, the second we believe and are uh, saved from eternal damnation, God is done with us and that we're just waiting out until death. We believe that God pours out a second work of grace upon us. We believe that God is not done and instead is doing a new thing day after day where that grace transforms us. Uh, for for uh, Westlands, it has been a, uh, a mixed bag of a movement. It uh, is who we are, and we have not often liked that we have had to be the people we are. Uh, Wesley preached on this idea of holiness throughout his ministry, even as he struggled to feel it within himself. This second movement of grace in, in our tradition is often called uh, perfection. We, we more often talk about sanctification or growing in holiness now, but perfection was Wesley's language. And he uh, preached that once God did this second outpouring of grace, that you could be changed in such a way that you were set free from sin. That you would never willfully sin again and that God would continue to grow you in love so that uh, it literally just poured out of you how much you loved him and how much you loved other people and that this would be the thing that uh, kind of sustained the movement. This was a movement that began there and continues to today. Uh, we don't preach it enough, uh, but it is who we are and what we're part of. But Wesley was getting hit with it in his day too. Gabe, can I get that quote up on the screen? This is how uh, Wesley reflected on uh, preaching Christian perfection. There is scarce any expression in holy writ which has given more offense than this. The word perfect is what many cannot bear. The, key, the very sound of it is an abomination to them. And whoever preaches perfection, as that phrase is, that is, asserts that is attainable in this life, runs great hazard of being counted by them worse than a heathen man or a publican. Wesley, reflecting on the very church he was trying to revitalize, uh, said that when uh, he talked about perfection, uh, people were horrified. It's easier to relate uh, to that person who is uh, the tax collector than this idea that God might transform us. And yet somehow it became movement. It is uh, our very heritage, and, and you can trace the Wesleyan family tree to this idea, but it wasn't born with Wesley. Paul is uh, writing in the letter to the Philippians today uh, about the second work of grace. Paul is talking to a church who he is asked to do something specific, to grow in love and unity, uh, and then to look for Christ as the way to do that. And so today, he invites them into his 
uh, kind of um, his world of growing in grace. When we turn to the text that Darren read so beautifully earlier, uh, we find him uh, laying the groundwork for the conflict that is happening in the book of Philippians. Uh, We have a group of uh, Jewish Christians who are once again uh, saying that the way that you are going to become holy, the way you're going to be set free from sin, is for the men to be circumcised and for us all to eat kosher. And Paul says, let me tell you, I'm as kosher as you can get. I was circumcised on the eighth day, which means he is ethnically Jewish. His family was already practicing as Jews when he was born. He is not an adult convert who went through some ritual at the age of 40. He was uh, circumcised as a child. I was uh, a Jew from both sides. I am uh, as obedient to the Torah as you get. I went so far as to persecute the Christians because of their uh, kind of uh, besmirching of the Torah. And yet... Uh, this, is, this tickles me. Uh, I have, I've lost it all for Jesus. When I think of what I lost, I think of uh, the CEB translated sewer trash. This is the Greek word skubala, that if I actually translated it the way uh, those readers would have heard it, you would run me out of here from cussing from the platform. Uh, this is, uh, I, I count it repulsive, this thing that was so important to me uh, and have given it up for the sake of Christ. I found in Christ a righteousness that does not come from the law, but rather from the faithfulness of Jesus. This is what Wesley's hearers didn't hear. They heard, you've got to get your stuff together. You've got to be better. You've got to fix yourself. You've got to do this. And and what Paul is preaching and what Wesley was trying to preach was Christ has done this. Christ has uh, been the faithful one. Christ, through his grace, is the one who is making you perfect. And Paul goes on to preach this whole way through that, friends, this righteousness I have comes from knowing Christ. It's the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings that are making me perfect. And Paul uses this very language of perfection, that the Holy Spirit is making me perfect, not that I've already attained it, but that I am moving on towards it. And Paul invites the Philippians to the very same thing. Hey, Philippians, here's how it works. We join with Christ in his dying, and then through his resurrection power, we have life. Michael Gorman calls it cruciform living, that, uh, that we die to ourselves, that we ask God's grace to be lavished upon us, that we might uh, lose our vanity and our selfishness, that we might be humbled and that we might uh, die to our very selves and rise with Christ, that we might be agents of grace in the world. And Paul says this, this is the only way you can be in this unity that I've been asking you for, is that God does this. He has been asking them over and over and over to grow in love, and then he keeps saying, but you can't do it. Can you just turn to Jesus who can do it? We know you're different. We know you have these uh, different backgrounds, and we know some of you are still uh, ethnically Jewish and still observing these things, and we know some of you are Gentiles, and some of you have known Jesus from the moment he was alive, and others of you have not even uh, met him. You're hearing about him. But can you hold together in Christ's love? and expect him to do something in you. And he ends this section with an invitation uh, to reach out and to not look back. Um, It's it's been hard lately to not look back uh, to our recent uh, history in the church. Uh, More often than not, it's hard to not bring 
uh, COVID and denominational splits into every single explanation of what is going on. But my heart is that uh, we don't look back and instead we look forward. That we don't uh, lean on the things that made us who we are. Instead, we lean to the one who is making us new today. My hope is that uh, we, uh, we let what has been sustain us. Instead, uh, we look forward to the one who will continue to sustain us. That we uh, let him draw us forward step by step as part of this movement that's transforming the world. I am convinced I never heard of the language of holiness growing up. I was in a Methodist church my whole life, and I am certain, because I want to believe this, that I was just a bad listener. Um, it has captivated me, and it's our gift to the world. It's our movement in this very uh, moment. It is our, uh, it is God's work of grace, and it's my prayer for you. May you die to Christ, or die to self, and rise with Christ. May his grace be sufficient, and may you look to him instead of looking back. Amen? Let's pray. God, just as you were working in the midst of the church in Philippi, uh, we know that you're working in our midst. We know that for all of our own self-righteousness and all the ways we've sought to uh, build up uh, our own kingdom, uh, your grace has been going ahead. Lord, may we look to you. Help us die to self and rise in you. May your resurrection power uh, sustain us and fill us, and may your Holy Spirit give us uh, lavish grace that in and through us the world might see your face. We pray all this in the name of the one who did give themselves up for us, Jesus our Lord and Savior, and by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen and amen.